Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the The King Ascends to His Throne Sports Business Podcast. The Sportacast. I gotta say, Evan, not easy to put the two thes together. This is the the. No other way. Sure anyway, now, the second the. In <laughs> retrospect, any that? way you could have worked around the double the? Uh, maybe it can be edited out in post-production. No, we don't do that. When, when you know that... It, Kurt, oh, joined by Kurt Bodenhausen, by the way, this week. I, of course, Sportico did its highest paid athletes, and that, that franchise belongs to Kurt Bodenhausen. So, Kurt, how, you think that was all right for Evan? Like the double the? I thought it was okay. It was, it was smooth. Smooth enough. All right. Let's well, go back and make it King James ascends to his throne. How about that? Th- there we go. It reminds me of the joke from Fletch. Uh, when the spelling of Babar, and he goes, how do you spell Babar? And he goes, B-A, one, one B or two. And he says, one, B-A-B-A-R. The response is, that's two. He's like, I, I thought you meant together. <laughs> <laughs> Apropos of nothing, but anyway. That, by the way, a picture of Babar was in the uh, pediatrician's office. My son was sick earlier this year. My first <laughs> group of one was a under the weather, so maybe that's where it came from. There was a picture of Babar. All right, anyway, that's enough of this. Kurt Bodenhausen, tell me who's number one on the list to give me the top five. What are my takeaways? What are we going to debate? What are people going to be angry about? Where's my angst consternation? Where's it all coming from? Oh, that's a, that's a lot to unpack there, Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, give, in one sentence, please. Yeah, but, but be quick about it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Take your time. Well, thanks for letting me join you guys. I, I don't, I don't want to interrupt your flow. Um, but number one, King James, as Evan said, uh, $127 million over the last 12 months, $37 million from the Lakers, and estimated $90 million off the court. Obviously, LeBron's got a ton going on, a lot of endorsements, and LeBron is you know, a massive businessman as well. Uh, Spring Hill, huge investment there. Give him a little credit for that, but, but the reality is that uh, LeBron and Maverick are really pumping a lot of that money that they got um, – uh, from the fundraise last year, led by Redbird, uh, back into the company. Um, and then you got the, that trio of global superstars uh, that all have hundreds of millions of social media followers. Lionel Messi, 122 million. Ronaldo, 115. Neymar, 103. Uh, those guys have avenues to make money uh, like you wouldn't believe. And uh, Messi and Neymar, <laughs> which certainly rubs people the wrong way, uh, they're in, they're off 
the field income has skyrocketed uh, over the last few years. And some of those deals have raised some eyebrows uh, because they're all coming from Saudi Arabia and both play for PSG, obviously. Uh, and, and so both those guys, uh, we estimate Messi's making 50 million off the field now and, and Neymar 38 million. And then rounding out the top five is Canelo Alvarez just fought this weekend. Huge upset was five to one favorite going in. Uh, we have him making $89 million. Uh, he got roughly $40 million for each of his fights and then also makes uh, some money uh, in Mexico uh, where he controls the broadcast rights. So what if I want to be on this list, let's say I'm some 18-year-old star athlete, I'm up and coming, and I want to make this list, what's your advice to them? Play what sport, do what, and ingratiate yourself with whom? <laughs> 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 you know what is what is always uh, what I love about this list is is there's not one there's not one way to make it uh, in terms of pure number of athletes basketball thirty six of the one hundred are in ba- uh, at the playing the NBA contracts have exploded there and so uh, that's the most direct way but but you see a, a, such a variety uh, in terms of how people make the list. And where in baseball, say more than ninety percent of the income for these guys, uh, twelve of them made made the uh, list. Uh, more than ninety percent is from their playing salary, and only about eight percent is from endorsements. In contrast, tennis, we had three people make the list: Roger Federer, Naomi Osaka, Serena Williams. In that order, uh, they made a combined two million dollars. Over the last 12 months in prize money, uh, the three of them barely uh, touched the court uh, because of injuries and, and also from stepping away from the court. In the case of Osaka, um, they made $172 million in endorsements. Uh, so it, it, it really depends on, on uh, what, what sport you pursue because uh, there's such different ways to, to make this list. To that point, Kurt, one of the things that you and, and Lev Akabas, who does all of our data viz, do every year is, is you lay out all these athletes, all 100 athletes, with the earnings that they make doing their sport on the on the uh, x-axis and, and the earnings they make off the court on the y-axis, uh, which is an easy way of looking at who's making more from their salary or their tournament winnings and who's making more from their endorsements and other businesses. I have kind of always thought about that line as kind of a demarcation where anyone playing a team sport is going to be making more from their salary, from their team. Anyone playing an individual sport like golf or tennis or boxing is going to be the opposite. We are starting to see kind of a blending in that way. There are a number of basketball players, LeBron James, way more so than anyone else, who is blowing out their on-court earnings right now off the court. And for the first time, at least that I remember, we have a a big-time football player, Tom Brady, who has crossed over as well, making more off off the field than he is making from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you see that trend continuing? Is, is this idea that team sport athletes are almost always going to be making more from their team than they are from endorsements? Is that going to shift as, as, as a lot of these trends you're talking about continue? Uh, yes. Shout out to Lev uh, for making everything pop. Uh, the graphics that he puts together are just un- unbelievable. Uh, and that one in particular really tells, tells so many stories there in terms of different sports and how athletes uh, make their money. And I, 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 you know, this has been going on for a while. I mean, go back to Michael Jordan, uh, where, where he made more than $4 million two times during his NBA career. Uh, and obviously was making more than that uh, off the court. Um, 
But what we're seeing, uh, and Jordan, Jordan really laid out the playbook. Now, now since Michael Jordan, player salaries have exploded, particularly in the NBA. Um, and, and but Jordan really laid that playbook out in terms of creating businesses off the court. Uh, and these guys like LeBron and Steph and KD, they're all mini business conglomerates right now. They all have their hands in so many different things. Uh, and able to use their celebrity, use their platform. Uh, LeBron has 200 million social media followers. That, that's an incredible opportunity in terms of leveraging what you are doing to promote, whether it's your endorsement partners or the your tequila business or all the different avenues uh, that you can go down. Uh, and so we're seeing for that select group of athletes, you know, I, it's not across the league by any stretch in the NBA for 90, probably 8% of NBA players, they're making more uh, in, in salary than they are in endorsements. But but that 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 small group of players, uh, seven or eight guys, have an opportunity that just the, the regular run-of-the-mill athlete uh, doesn't have. And Brady in the NFL has just taken it to a whole nother level. Brady, for years, turned down endorsement opportunities. Peyton Manning did everything. Peyton took all the endorsement deals and was out earning um, Brady off the court, uh, off the field forever. Uh, and, but then over the last few years, you know, he's left the Patriots, you know, do whatever he wants. Doesn't have to worry about Bill Belichick chirping in his ear all the time. Say, so, you know, focus on football and Brady's off field income has gone crazy. And, and he's really gotten into a lot of businesses as well with, when you're talking about autograph, uh, his production company. Um, so he's taking it to another level. That that point you just made about how there's this kind of core ten set of maybe 20 athletes who are, are really special in, in regards to earning a lot on and off, especially off. And then there's kind of everybody else. One of the numbers you put in this story that shocked me, this is the list of the 100 highest paid athletes in the world. 41 newcomers on the list that were not on the list last year just to me goes to show that once you get past that top, top tier, so much of the rest of this list is kind of fluid. And depending on which league salary cap jumps up, it was the NFL with labor peace and, and, and massive new TV deals. Suddenly a lot of huge signing bonuses in NFL free agency. Uh, to me, it just goes to show that we're really talking about a, a core group at, at the tippy top of this list and then everything below it and maybe well below top 100 all the way through top 300 seems to be this mass of athletes that are in kind of can jump up, can jump down 50 or 60 spaces, just depending on what sport they are, what year they were a free agent and what's happening in, in their league with their media contracts. Yeah, t- totally. A Fran- Francisco Lindor, uh, last year he signs with the Mets. He gets a uh, $22, $23 million signing bonus. They cut him a check all up front. Uh, and this year, his salary drops. He's got some money deferred in his in his base salary, uh, and then the NFL really is is is, is that huge roller coaster, up and down, uh, d- depending on where you are in the cycle of your contract. Uh, Matthew Stafford shoots up the list this year. Just got a sixty million dollar, you know, good year for Matthew Stafford. Wins a Super Bowl next month, gets a sixty million dollar signing bonus to stay with the Rams. So, uh, but that core group, uh, to your point, Evan. Is doing it off the court, off the uh, course, off the field. Uh, those earnings are steady and growing uh, from year to year because these guys just have they have more opportunities. Whether you're talking about an athlete, a celebrity, uh, and these new things that are coming out. I mean, you know, when they're talking about Neymar, uh, LeBron, 
doing deal crypto deals, NFT deals, uh, the the opportunities, uh, they just have a different level of opportunity uh, that aren't there for the everyday uh, pro athlete. Kurt Bodenhausen joining the usual suspects, Mr. Novi Williams and myself. Now, Kurt, let me look at the gender divide here. You mentioned Naomi Osaka. She's the highest ranking woman on the list, but number 20. Not exactly a list chock full of female athletes, but a time of female empowerment. Uh, when or what will cause more women to join this list and to sort of uh, not only join, but creep up in the top 10, top five? You know, tennis has been the one outlet where women of uh, female athletes have been able to crack these kind of lists, whether you're talking about Maria Sharapova, Li Ning, uh, excuse me, Li Na, uh, certainly Serena and, and now Naomi. Um, uh, and, and so the, the difference is you're going to have to see more eyeballs uh, on these other sports. And so it's great where you're seeing uh, more eyeballs on WNBA NWSL, but but the revenue disparity when you're talking about the team sports just doesn't allow those levels of salary that are anywhere close to what we're talking about when you're talking about the Premier League or the NBA uh, or Major League Baseball. Uh, and, and so the, 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 the pathway really is in terms of endorsement earnings, um, but, but there's a reason that they do it in tennis because the, the visibility, and it's a year-round sport, it's an international sport, and the visibility of playing Wimbledon and being in the finals and having millions of people tune in to see you decked out in your Nike gear or wearing a Lacoste shirt, I mean, that, that, that isn't visible in a NWSL game. Um, and you're also, you're using, you're wearing the team's uniform as well. Um, and so it's a familiarity level with these celebrity athletes. If you look at the, uh, female athletes that are most familiar in the United States, it's Serena and Venus, and then it drops off a cliff. I, I mean, the reality is that most people in this country aren't familiar with a lot of, uh, Female athletes, a couple of the um, women's national team stars, certainly Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, uh, have crossed over. Um, but but that familiarity and those revenue streams are growing, but they're still miles behind. Once you get past tennis, uh, they're still miles behind uh, the men's sports leagues. Eben, if if Kurt was on center court at Wimbledon or French Open, whatever. What, what do you think he's wearing? He's not wearing Nike. He's not a Nike guy. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Like Cox Sportif? He's got the, he's got oh, the rooster. What, what, <laughs> yeah, you want the alligator? Old school, old school classy, which made a comeback. You could be. What do you think? Would you be Izod Lacoste? I, I wore a lot of, lot of shirts growing up with that uh, alligator on my shirt. Did, did you have Stan Smith? I was dressed. Did you wear Stan Smith's? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, because right. child of the 70s and 80s, yeah, I was wearing Stan Smith with the alligator on my shirt. Good, good to know. Uh, a little trendsetter. Hold on, but let's ask more about Naomi Osaka because it's not just about the list. I mean, Kurt, you, your, your ability to sort of deliver all this news and, and the data, but Naomi Osaka also making a move here. And I'm curious how you view this in the context of, you know, male athletes have done this. But now here comes Naomi Osaka leaving IMG, you know, brand name representation firm, to start her own firm 
and sort of again, she's the the bit of the iconoclast. It's I've been told that this is the way I'm supposed to do things, and she she is zigging when everybody else is zagging. I'm curious if you think others will look at her and say, well, one, I might want to join her because I like that thinking, or hmm, maybe I ought to take a good gander doing something like this myself. Yeah, I, I, we, we've seen this playbook before, uh, whether you're t- all the way back to Jack Nicholas leaving IMG, uh, Roger Federer going out on his own, certainly LeBron uh, putting his uh, business with Maverick and, and Rich Paul uh, and, and Rafael Nadal, KD, uh, these guys have all done it. But to your point, Scott, we haven't seen it, uh, with female athletes before. Uh, the, the two most obvious examples would be, uh, Maria Sharapova and Serena Williams, uh, who, who built big businesses. Uh, but, but Maria stuck with IMG and Serena is still part of WME. Um, but, but it, it's rare we, that, that, female athlete grows to the point where they outgrow the usefulness of that big agency. You need that big agency to steer you into these different deals. But Naomi has reached the point where, where she is on par with LeBron, Roger Federer. I mean, when you look at in terms of athletes, what they're making off the court, the only people that made more than Naomi Osaka over the last 12 months, it's LeBron, it's Tiger Woods, Roger Federer and Cristiano Ronaldo, and then it's Osaka. So she doesn't need IMG to open up doors. She well, opens Tiger, up doors on her own. Tiger doesn't need golf, and Naomi doesn't need tennis anymore. I mean, if you want to talk about what people need and don't need, the brands already established. The the brands establish, uh, and, and whether they're playing or not, there is value uh, to being aligned with Naomi Osaka. Uh, she, she's been very outspoken. Um, which, which has certainly helped her brand in terms of speaking about racial inequality, uh, talking last year about mental health, uh, and, and that's been a positive for her brand. Uh, that 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 is it creates a level of authenticity. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see a stream of athletes doing this, particularly when we talk about female athletes, because uh, there are only there are only a handful of athletes in the world uh, th- that can sustain a viable business just by themselves, uh, maybe beyond a handful, but we're, you're talking about 10 athletes in the world, maybe, uh, that, that have that level of business um, um, deals going already. Uh, so, and, and in terms of what Osaka's agency is looking to do, she's going to have equity in it. Uh, her, her longtime agent, Stuart, is also going to have equity in the deal. Uh, they're not looking to create a rival to IMG or WME by any stretch. This is going to be very boutique. Uh, take on maybe one or two more clients. Uh, the, the focus is really on Osaka and her business alone is enough to, to for this business to survive. They want to take the Osaka business from 50 million a year to 150 million a year. To be clear, you mentioned it there. She's leaving with her IMG agent. Uh, Stewart, right? So, so this yes, is yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is yes. Naomi Osaka will still be represented by the same person who's representing yes. her now. Yes, he and, will and, just and, be doing it under a different shingle. Yeah. How different? How different is this move actually? If if you're a Naomi, I mean, in some ways, I view this both as a big Naomi story, also as a big story for him as well, right? As he's kind of setting out on his own away from the big agency. And it's clear as you guys are talking about that he believes Naomi is a big enough business and has enough growth potential to be kind of the anchor of the entire 
new venture. But I am curious when we say striking out on her own, she is going with the person who has represented her for a long time, right? Yes, a hundred percent. Stewart's going to be driving um, this ship in the same way that Tony Godzik left IMG with Roger Fetter and um, you know Roger obviously had a, a comfort level with Tony and Naomi. Uh, has a comfort level with Stewart that, that uh, she entrusts her business with him. And so Stewart's been around the, this for a long time, uh, working at IMG, working at Lagadere. Uh, so he, he can, you know, he knows the ins and outs of this business and he, he has been the, the point person on everything with Naomi. Uh, and, and so this is a natural progression when, when athletes reach this point and what it allows uh, more importantly it allows them to do different kind of deals that maybe don't work under that big agency structure because those big agencies, they're built on the commission structure. So when you think about Roger Federer's deal with on where, where uh, he took on warrants as part of his endorsement deal, that's a, that's a hard deal to work in terms of what the agency makes on a commission. Hmm, because interesting. You're trying to build wealth. And so, if you don't cash that in, what, what do you pay the agency? And, and so, um, you know, the, those deals get really tricky when you're well, talking let, about Let me tell you, Kurt, I, let, let me interrupt you there. This has always annoyed me. As you know, I, I bought and sold plenty of apartments in New York City. And, you know, I'm not a, a newbie in the real estate thing. And I, I am going to get all the complaints of the real estate agents out there. But I've never understood and Edmund knows where I'm going. He's got this wry smile on his face. I've never understood the commission structure for real estate agents. Why should you get paid more simply because my asset has appreciated? I'm willing to pay for your service, that your, your expertise, your contacts, your ability to get my... But give me the flat fee. What's that worth on top of then marketing costs, whatever? But if you last year sold my house for $500,000 and were willing to accept X, why now should you be paid more because it's worth $800,000? Your work is the same. I should enjoy the appreciation of my asset, not you. I took 100% of the risk, not you. But anyway, that's just one of my kvetches that I, I never really understood that. Both of you guys, by the way, if I could, I would pay you both $375 million over 10 years. I think you're both <laughs> worth it. I think you're both worth it. And whether or not that is the real number that Tom Brady is getting from Fox, you know, Fox disputes the report that said that was the amount, but I'm sure he's getting a whole lot of money. Uh, what an incredible deal for Tom, he'll be making more likely in retirement than he ever made playing football. And by the way, do either one of you have any idea whether Tom Brady would be a good analyst on NFL games? <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> not at all. I, I honestly don't even know if Tom knows he's going to want to do this for a decade after he's after he's done playing. The, the economy around, particularly around former NFL players getting hired to do broadcast work when they're done playing has exploded over the past. I mean, we were aghast at, at what Troy Aikman negotiated uh, a month and a half ago, right? And that was half of the annual salary that that Tom well, is, is reported to get. I, I want to make sure we're using the right word there, Evan. I'm not sure we were aghast at it. Agog? What's the word I'm agog. looking for? Yes, yeah, there's, yes, a, I, yeah, there's oh, an AG okay. word that I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he only um, went to Princeton, Kurt. What are you going to do? <laughs> I was close. I was close. Um, but yeah, I think that this is a, a shocking number. And Kurt, it, it's a perfect way to tie in the way we started this conversation, which is talking about athletes and, and what they're earning. Because I think for so long, 
we thought of athletes as, as their main earning potential being when they're professional athletes. This is the moment to strike. Now Tom Brady has a financial incentive to retire now, right? He, he, he's going to be losing money the, the longer he plays in the NFL right now, at least from a direct uh, salary standpoint. I think it's absolutely fascinating where this is going, and I, and I, and I do wonder if it's sustainable. Well, inflate inflation, right? It's, it's, it's hitting everything, including broadcaster salaries. Uh, well, so that was that was not a Tom Brady joke. I thought, like, <laughs> I thought you were making a Brady joke. Deflation, deflation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just want to make sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. The Bucks are going to pay him fifteen million dollars a year. So yeah, to retire. That th- those deals will still be there off the field for him. He's still going to be building those di- businesses off the field. Uh, so it's an incredible model, though, what these guys are doing. Uh, and you look at Peyton Manning uh, when he retired; they talked about he could do anything he wants, and he, he's doing it right now. He's you know, checks in once, you know, ten Sundays a year, and gets his check from ESPN. Continues all his other business activities, and, and this is an incredible. I mean, if the numbers are right for this, I mean, it's unbelievable that Brady can pop in, spend you know two days a week. Uh, to get that $37 million a year and then still continue on with all of his other business interests. I mean, that, that sounds a lot better if I'm Tom Brady than going and running an NFL team and trying to be a general manager or something that's going to take up all of your time. Uh, So it's, it's just another Avenue uh, for these guys uh, that they can expand their businesses. It's incredible. One interesting way to think about this, which I, I learned from the, the the John Arand and Andrew Marchand podcast this week, and Andrew, I believe, is the one who broke this news originally, is that the way the NFL divvies up its games, the networks really do believe that the, the glitzier their booth is, the better the games they're going to get from 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 the NFL. So ESPN, which spent a lot of money to poach Fox's previous talent, uh, really believes that because they've done that, they're going to get a better slate of games for Monday night. Um, so in that regard, the idea of paying Tom Brady as a way of potentially securing a, a really good stream of matchups from the NFL puts this, I think, in a kind of interesting light because the Fox is paying, what, $2, $2 billion a year moving forward for, for their NFL rights to, to tack on another $37 million for Tom Brady, the most famous football player active right now to be in your booth and also to maybe help sweeten the pot to get premier games from the NFL. In, in that framed that way, the, the economics don't seem that crazy to me. By the way, did we talk? Did we talk about the NFL? No, we didn't. Uh, moving on to Christmas Day, encroaching on the NBA's turf. <laughs> have we, have it, we talked it, about is, that? Is it definitely happening? It's not happening this year, but it's happening maybe after this year. Is that uh, right? Whatever. I mean, my body clock, my my calendar, and my brain. If it's Christmas Day, the NBA season starts in earnest, right? And now I'm going to be watching the NFL, and I wonder what impact that'll have on the NBA games and. I have an idea what impact that's going to have on the Me NBA too. I think, we, I think we need a Roger Goodell, Adam Silver arm wrestle. <laughs> you know, whoever wins gets Christmas Day. But I don't, hey, Evan, you wanted to close with some FIFA and EA sports. They say it's in the game. Well, it ain't in the name anymore. So Ooh, get me up to speed. Good, Thank you. That was nice. way better than your double the, the start. I'm going to book on this whole thing. Very good. Yeah, so some interesting news out of the video game, soccer video game world uh, this week. FIFA, uh, which is the obviously the, the the global governing body of soccer, has worked for three decades with EA Sports to create the FIFA soccer game. It is one of the highest selling 
video games uh, of all time. It's a franchise that I've, I've been playing since I was a kid. Uh, they are separating right now. And, and it's unclear exactly what this is going to mean in the long term. In the short term, it means that the name won't be FIFA anymore. EA Sports is going to come out with its, with its game after next year under a different banner. Uh, it, it means that most of the athletes and the club teams and teams that are in the game right now are going to stay in the game at least right now. Uh, those are deals that that EA Sports does separately with national governing bodies, with club teams, with some athletes. Uh, the the way in which I think this is interesting is that it's unclear to me how much sway FIFA has over a lot of those national governing bodies and and beyond. And, and if this does mean that that FIFA turns around and does a big high profile deal with Konami, for example, which has the other rival soccer game, and then is able to convince a lot of the national governing bodies to then switch from EA Sports to Konami, then this is a massive, massive deal. Otherwise, I'm not sure a lot of sports fans are going to notice the difference. But it, it does. No, I, it, it is Evan, interesting I know how this is going to play out. I know how this is going to play out. No, I've got this. Michael Rubin is going to buy a very small, <laughs> tiny video game company we've never heard of. He's negotiating licensing rights right now with every league and player in the world. And then he's going to say, 15 years from now, we're starting our own video game. That's how go. this is going to play fanatics. out. FIFA Fanatics. Yeah. FIFA Fanatics. There it is. FIFA Fanatics. See, that'd be two Fs together. FIFA Fanatics. Perfect. By the way, if you hear any garble on our podcast, that, that's our Kurt Bodenhausen moving around his house. I don't know, Kurt. Like, you, you're going mobile during the podcast. What do you have to answer the door or something? A lot going on. I got my dog <laughs> ear infection next to me. She's buzzing. Oh, you know. Oh boy. Oh boy. My well, bad. With no, no, all good. With all that going on, and and by the the excellent work on the highest paid athletes and the breaking of the news, Naomi Osaka leaving IMG to start her own firm. I think you've done enough for the day. Uh, we thank you for taking some time. To join us, what are you? You're on Twitter. What at Bodenhausen or K Bodenhausen? Where are K. you? K Bodenhausen at K Bodenhausen, spelled like it sounds. I'm not even going to try right now. He is Evan Novi Williams on the Twitter Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnik on Twitter at Soshnik. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Our digital media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will very soon become. Yes, do we have to tell everybody soon? I'm working hard, Evan Novi Williams, the Sportico Media Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.